um, people who need light or need some guidance. So you might want to think about um, one of our world leaders. You might want to think of a place in the world that is struggling or suffering that you want to bring before the Lord. You might want to think of a key worker or an NHS worker who is still working tirelessly all these months on, um, or someone who is working to find a vaccine, someone who needs guidance, who needs God's light in perhaps a tricky or a bit of a dark situation. So take a moment now to think of a person or a place to bring before the Lord. Father, we thank you that we belong in a world that can be filled with your light. We thank you that when we ask for it, you guide us in the right way. We pray for those in positions of power and responsibility and ask that they might make wise and careful decisions. We pray for key workers and the NHS and those seeking a vaccine, that they would have all they need to sustain them and that when their roles feel overwhelming, you would bring them peace and hope. Amen. Um, finally, I was thinking about the liturgy. That's just a fancy way of saying the words that we say um, for the baptism. And I was thinking about how important our words are. Um, I don't know if anyone tuned into our live stream from church this morning. There was another baptism, um, a lady called Katie who had an amazing story. And hearing Ruth's story, um, again, just reminds me of how God can bring hope when we don't feel like it. And often he can do that through friends or through words of encouragement that other people say to us. Um, and so I thought it might be good to pray or ask God if there's someone we can be encouraging at this time. I'm sure we all know people who are struggling. We all do at different times. But maybe there's someone who comes to mind who you could be a real hope for. You could bring well, words of love and encouragement to them. Um, and just ask God to put that person on your mind. Or perhaps coming to church is really new to you and being in this place feels a bit strange. And you can ask God if he wants to say anything to you at this time and in this moment of quiet. So let's have a moment of quiet to see if God wants to bring anyone to mind or if God wants to say anything to us. Lord, we thank you that you love to talk with us. You love to hear what we have to say. We pray that we would be people ready to hear from you and to share with you. We also pray we would be listening out for if there's anyone we could be talking to about you and praying for and bringing your love and your encouragement. And pray particularly for the Alpha course that's starting here um, later on this term. It was so relevant to Katie who spoke this morning and we know we've got a great team ready to meet with the people that you want to bring. So God, if it's right for us to invite someone along, we pray that you would make that clear to us too. Amen. Okay, we're going to um, end our prayer by saying the Lord's Prayer, um, which should pop up on the screen. Um, so if you'd like to join with me then too. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Um, we have our reading now, which is going to be read by Kira. I can't see her. There she is. Um, Kira is one of our interns this year, and she is part of the Alpha team. So if you've got any questions about Alpha for yourself or for someone you'd like to invite, then she's someone to talk to um, at the end of the service. Um, and once Kira's read, then Adam's going to come and bring our sermon this evening. And I'm just really grateful that I haven't fallen over, because last time we had a baptism, I fell down the steps. Could still happen. But thanks, Kira. <laughs> Today's reading is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 18. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Kara. Good evening, everybody. Uh, It's nice to uh, see you. Uh, You may recognize me. I was uh, the one singing in the videos a moment ago. I'm really sorry to those of you, firstly, for having to hear more of my voice this evening, uh, and particularly sorry to those of you um, who like continuity. I uh, didn't know we were using the videos until after I got dressed, and so I'm afraid I'm in different clothing uh, this evening. If it makes your mind at rest, my wife, who isn't here, she's at home, is actually in the same dress, uh, so that might make you feel a bit better. Uh, I'm Adam. I'm the curate here for another week. so I'll be leaving uh, to go to a new job in Portsmouth Diocese soon. Uh, I'm nervous about saying this is the last time I'll be preaching at this evening service because the last time I left the church to come here I said that and then the following week the vicar of the church had a dodgy curry on the Saturday night and was really unwell on the Sunday and I ended up back again the following week preaching having told them the week before that it was my last week so don't eat any curry next week Jonathan it's probably my advice. Uh, We're going to look at this passage together. I'm going to pray for us before we do that, just so that I can be assured that you're not already asleep. I wonder if you would stand with me while I pray for us all, um, and then we'll look at this word together. Thanks. Let's just pray together. Gracious Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it speaks to us in different seasons of our lives. And as we come before your word afresh this evening... Would you draw near to us? Would you help us to know that you are here? And would you fill us afresh with your spirit? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you can sit down again now if you like. You can stand if you like, it's up to you, it doesn't matter. If I said, God is at work, what would your response be, I wonder? Do you go, yes, amen? just heard Ruth's wonderful testimony, maybe you heard Katie's earlier this morning, maybe something in your own life has gone on where you go, yes, God is at work. Maybe uh, if I said God is at work, you'd say yes, because we're Christians and that's what we're supposed to say whenever anybody says that. And then we quietly go to ourselves, hmm, yes he is, but I'm not quite seeing it as much as I'd like to at the moment. If you're convinced 
What about if you were to talk to somebody else, perhaps who's not yet a Christian? How would you convince them that God is at work? What would you need to see to be able to convince them, perhaps even to convince yourself that God is at work? I think this passage from Philippians uh, shows us that God is at work in three different ways, which was really handy of Paul for a three-point sermon. Thank you very much uh, for that. I think we see that God is at work in us, God is at work through us, and God is at work with us. And so those are the three things I want us to think about a little this evening. Firstly, God is at work in us. Let me just read a few, couple of those verses to you again. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Paul says in his various letters 86 times that God is in us. When we become a follower of Christ, God literally comes and lives within us. And he's not a passive passenger. He's not just there along for the ride, good as it is. Most of us, I expect, know something of what it is for God to be at work in us. There'll be parts of our character that today are different to what they were when we first became a Christian. They're more Christ-like than they were when we first came to Christ. Most of us, I expect, will know parts of our character that still need to become more Christ-like. Billy Graham famously once said, being a Christian is more than just an instantaneous conversion. It's a daily process where we grow to be more like Christ. It's a daily process of becoming more like Christ. What are the areas that God is working at at the moment in your lives? I think the most obvious one for me is patience. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit, but I am not naturally a very patient man, it must be said. As I've said already, I'm going to a new job uh, in a little while. I first felt called to that job last June, July time. I applied for it when it became available just before Christmas. It wasn't shortlisted. Uh, they then didn't appoint, so then it was advertised again, and again I applied early February. I was waiting and waiting to find out whether I'd been shortlisted the second time. I knew the shortlisting had happened, still I hadn't heard. And then uh, one, I think a Monday morning, a good friend of mine uh, texted me and said he'd been praying for me in my future job uh, that morning, and God had told him that I was going to need to be patient. And I'd like to tell you that I responded to that text message with joy and gladness in my heart and praised, hallelujah, Lord, more patience, yes, grow in me. Unfortunately, I did what Paul tells us not to do in this passage, which is to respond with grumbling and complaining. I said, Lord, I saw this job seven, eight months ago. I've got, we've gone through one process. We've, I, they've not appointed. I think you've called me to this job. Surely I have been patient enough. And God, in his gentle way, said, you've seen nothing yet. 
That evening, that very evening, just over six months ago, Boris announced the country was locking down, no more meetings in person. A week later, I was told I had been shortlisted, but I'd have to wait until I could see somebody face-to-face -face to be interviewed. That happened at the end of July. Still now, I am having to be patient as we're not quite sure when we're moving or to what house we're moving to. God continually is working on patience in me. I am far more patient today than I was six months ago than I was 12 months ago. I am still not a patient man, that God is still working on me in that, working in me, on my patience. At times, when God works in us on these parts of our character, it can be quite hard. It can feel like a bit of a workout. Maybe we feel like we've been to the gym, perhaps, for those of you that do that. I was going to say us, but I don't go. Uh, but for those of you that go and do those sorts of things, it can feel strenuous and difficult. Do you know that before the pandemic anyway, 80% of people who had a gym membership didn't attend their local gym. So they were paying for a gym membership, 80% of people paying for a gym membership to get a card and not attend. Why? Probably because it's hard work going to the gym. It certainly has been the few occasions that I've been. And if we don't submit to God's work... We can find ourselves not becoming couch potatoes, as we might if we don't go to the gym, but perhaps pew potatoes. I appreciate we don't actually have pews, but you get the point. We need to submit to God's work in us, and at times that will be hard. Allow him to convict us of the things that need to change in our lives to become more like him. To allow him to work in us. This passage also talks about God working through us. Let me read the next couple of verses. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Maybe one or two of us are convicted just by that verse. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I'll be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. We're called to shine like stars in a crooked and perverse generation, to be different in the world that we find ourselves in, to bring light into that world. How are we doing at that at the moment? Again, another famous quote of Billy Graham. If you were arrested tomorrow, charged with being a Christian, would there be enough evidence with which to convict you? It's not something we have as a real threat in this country, but it's all over the world. There are Christians that are faced with that every day. How is your light shining? This passage calls us to shine like stars. Elsewhere in scriptures, it tells us to shine light into the darkness. And there's lots of darkness around at the moment. And yet Jesus says in the Gospels that both he is the light of the world and that we are the light in the world. That's because he lives in us. His light shines through us into the world that we find ourselves. A few months ago, Jess and I went to visit her dad, who lives in North Wales, uh, in a very tiny village in the middle of nowhere. And uh, we went, if you want to go anywhere at night, there are no street lights at all. Uh, the pub is a little bit of a walk away, and occasionally we would go there. If it's cloudy, it's really, really dark. 
And there were a couple of things that we could do in that instance. I could take this lantern with me and uh, I could light it. I haven't got a fire extinguisher, so we'll just have to all hope it all goes well, this. But I suspect lighting a candle in a church is still okay. I haven't checked the latest government guidance, but I'm sure it's fine. I have got lots of water. That is a very good point. It'll be fine. I could take this lantern. It's a very nice lantern. It's a very pretty lantern. It lets off a little bit of light around it. It doesn't give a huge amount of light if we were to walk in a very dark area. That's not really what I need. What I really need is this. This is the most powerful light I can buy on Amazon at the moment for a reasonable amount of money. Now, it's all very well having this torch. Don't worry, I'm not going to shine it in your eyes, although it was one of my points I was thinking about earlier. It's all very well having this torch, but if I were to shine it in the wrong places, it's not much use. If I shine it in the rafters and the lights were off, it would give a little bit of light. It wouldn't do much good to us. Worse still, if I were to shine it in your faces, it wouldn't do an awful lot of good. It wouldn't help us on our journey. The best thing I can do with this light, sorry if it got in your eyes then, is to shine it on the road ahead of us. I wonder, when we think about the light of Christ, the light of Christ in us, what is our light doing? Is it looking very lovely, perhaps giving off a little light around us, but not doing a huge amount? Or is it shining brightly? And if it's shining brightly, is it doing the right thing? Or is it shining perhaps in someone's eyes? Or perhaps pointing things into the wrong places? Or is it helping others to know the way? If you meet someone who's connected to God, who knows the light of Christ in their life and shines that light into the world, you know about it. These people, I think, are quite attractive to us. I don't mean attractive as in good-looking, although I'm sure they are as well. I mean attractive as in like a fly is attracted, perhaps, or a moth is attracted to, to a light, we find ourselves drawn to them. I've exclusively chosen mentors in my life who I've seen the light of Christ shining brightly through. People who I long to be more like so that I might be more like the Christ that they are displaying into the world. This light shines brighter the more that we allow Christ to work through us. The more that we draw near to him and know his light in our lives. So how is your light shining today? How connected are you to the one who is the source of that light? The last way I think we see God at work in this passage is that God is at work with us. Let me read the last couple of verses. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul talks about a drink offering here. And when he talks about that, he's talking about the Old Testament practice of pouring out a drink in worship. And Paul is saying that he feels like his whole life has been poured out in worship on behalf of the one that he serves. Even in chains, Paul is saying that he has joy regarding his life because he has been able to serve. And he calls us to know that joy. Now, there are a couple of things to say here. Firstly, is your first thought might be, it's not that dissimilar to the point I just made. I mean, you've only got two points here. There are actually a, a distinct difference here. 
God works through us regardless of what we do. When we become a follower of Christ, Christ lives in us and his light shines into the world. The closer we get to God, the brighter that light shines. But God's light shines through each and every one of us who have chosen to follow Christ, regardless of whether you want it to or not. What we're thinking about here is us actively engaging with God in his kingdom work. God at work with us. The second thing I just want to say quickly, but it's important, is the reason we do that. And it's not in order to gain anything. You may have heard of Neil Anderson. He wrote Living in Christ, no, Freedom in Christ uh, material a long time ago. It's very good. He said this, we don't serve God to gain his acceptance. We are accepted and so we serve God. In much the same way we don't follow God in order to be loved, we are loved and so we follow. Let me repeat that. We don't serve God in order to gain his acceptance. We are accepted And so we serve God. In much the same way, we don't follow God in order to be loved. We are loved. And so we follow. When we work with God, we partner with him in his kingdom work. You probably know this story already. Forgive me if you do. But uh, President Kennedy, JF Kennedy, went to visit NASA uh, in 1961 when they were building a rocket uh, at the time. And he came across a janitor who was mopping the floor. And he asked the janitor, what is it that you uh, do here? And the janitor said, I'm helping to put a man on the moon. That man knew the part that he played in something much bigger than the floor that he was currently working on. He knew and he partnered with others to achieve something amazing. Last week, some of you were with us as we worshipped together as Carpark Church on uh, Sunday morning. It was a wonderful experience of an ability to worship together uh, for the first time in a long time. It was a lot of work, not going to lie, but it was a divinely inspired event. It was certainly a divinely inspired date. There was lots of hard work that went into it, not most, mostly not by me, but God was at work with each of us whether we were welcoming on the gate as people came in, whether we were in our car waiting in case somebody needed a medical emergency, whether we were serving PA, whether we were worship leading, whether we were preaching, whatever we were doing, whether we were worshipping in our cars, we were all together working with God, seeing his kingdom manifest in that place. When we partner with him, when God works with us, Amazing and often unbelievable things can happen. And why do we do these things? Well, because the greatest servant of them all, Christ, died for us on that cross. He offered himself completely for us. We love because he first loved us. We serve because he first served us. So just imagine for a moment, if you will, back to that original question. God is at work. Imagine if we allowed God to work in each of us, filing away the parts of our character that are not submitted to his will and becoming more like him. 
Imagine if we allow God to work through us, drawing close to him, shining his light through us into this world. Imagine if we responded to this love through serving him and serving others. And then imagine someone asking you, how is God at work at the moment? How would you then be able to respond? What a testament that would be to our community. What a difference that would make to our community. So what about you then? Sat, hopefully still awake. What is it that God is asking you to do through this passage this evening? Well, if you have yet to follow Christ, of course, that is always the first call. To ask him to enter into your life and to begin to make uh, you more like him. To shine his light through you into this world. And if that's you and you've not done that and you'd like to, do chat with me or Jonathan or Kate at the end of the service. We'd love to chat to you about that. But for those of us who've been following Christ for a little while... What are the things that we know we still need to submit to him? What are the areas of our character that are not Christ-like, that are still world-like? What are the things that we do still where we ignore the nudgings of the Lord and carry on doing them? What are the things that we do that are still far more like this world than they are like God? What are you addicted to? What are the fruits of the Spirit that you're not yet exhibiting? What about your light? How connected to God are you this evening? Do you know that your light is shining more dimly and perhaps need to connect and draw near to him afresh? Or maybe there are ways that you know you need to work afresh at working with God, knowing his partnership with him. I wonder if once again you'll stand with me and I'll pray for us. I'm going to read that whole passage to us again. It's not very long before I pray. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Oh God, we draw near to you afresh this evening. We thank you that you promise that you are here with us. We thank you that you are in us. Just in a moment of silence, if you know there's an area of your life that you need to submit to him afresh, just offer that to the Lord and ask him to continue to work in you.
And Lord, we thank you that your light shines brightly, that the darkness cannot overcome it. We thank you that your light shines in us and through us. And afresh, we draw near to you and ask that you would use us so that we might be able to say that God is at work through us in this world. Help us to use our light to show the way, to guide. And Lord, we thank you that we are loved and accepted secure in our in your love and your acceptance we commit once again to work with you in seeing your kingdom work your kingdom rule and reign amongst us and in our community let's just hold another moment of silence and I ask the Lord to prompt each of us in how he wants us to do that this week. you are Lord of all would you reign afresh in our lives we pray and would we know your kingdom rule and reign the next song that's going to be played is the song build my life do feel free to remain stood or, or sit as we listen and engage in worship together.